You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join George Brockler and Michael Fields for today's edition. Hey, welcome to Advanced Colorado's Rundown. My name is George Brockler. Across from me is... Michael Fields. And we are going to talk to you about this very special week in politics in the state of Colorado. The General Assembly kicks off with its session, actually, as we record this, later today. Uh, We have a super special VIP guest on the phone with us right now. Uh, If you are attuned at all to state politics, you've heard this name a million times, but we're going to get to know him and what's coming for us a little bit better. On the line with us right now is Hugh McKean. Hugh, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you guys for having me. And I think you, you need to be very careful how you introduce me. I'm just a guy who goes to work. Just a just a public servant, and I'm I'm hoping that we keep it that way. It sounds just like Clark Kent, until you take off the jacket and go with the cape. Hugh, would you do us a favor, and for listeners out there, tell them what part of the state you represent and the role you play in the state legislature? Thank you very much. I represent the most beautiful district in the state of Colorado, Douglas? which is the gorgeous little city of Loveland, Colorado, right. House District 51. That is up north at the foot of Rocky Mountain National Park. Beautiful. I like that a lot. My role down here is, one, to represent my district, two, to look out for the people of the state, and as a little side job, to be the minority leader of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives. When you talk about being the minority leader, I think listeners ought to appreciate sort of the uphill battle that Republicans face under the Gold Dome this year. Describe for us how each the Senate and the House are broken down. Absolutely. So there are 100 legislators that represent uh, the folks in the state. There are 65 of us in the House. There are 35 in the Senate. We have a little saying that um, to get something done, it takes 33, 18, and 1. 33 votes in the House to create a majority, 18 votes in the Senate, and then the governor has to sign what you do. Um, The six years I've been down here, I have served in the minority. And in fact, in the last few years, sort of a critical minority. We're 24 Republicans in the House to 41 Democrats, which wow. feels a little daunting, a little a little David to their Goliath. Yeah, that is the truth. Well, Hugh, I'm curious. You guys are uh, doing a press conference talking about uh, the commitment to Colorado. Can you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about the priorities that Republicans will have this session? Oh, absolutely. In fact, this is this is sort of a, a function, a growth out of discussions that that Republicans all over the state have been having that. To have been in the minority where the Democrats have been in control of everything for the last three years, it's felt a lot like we're always fighting against something. And as we talked about it, as Republicans, we're, we're very hopeful, forward-looking people. And, and so the idea was, what can we fight for? And, and how do we put our ideas on the table? And, and so really we coalesced those down to, to three really big things. Number one, it's to make Colorado more affordable. Right now, families are struggling to pay bills. And, and I can remember back to, to my childhood when my parents would stack the bills up and, you know, write checks until they ran out of money. And then the next month, they'd put those bills on the top and keep doing the same thing. And families are in that same situation today. And so we've got to find a way to save families money and, and money that matters, right? And the state, that's taxes and fees and, and licenses and all those things that we have an ability to repeal and help families out. The second thing is to get focused back on crime and crime prevention. 
you know, the, the challenge that I think that we have in the state is that there are a lot of people who emotionally have brought up ideas like, oh, we're going we're gonna to get rid of bail for certain things, or, or we're going to create a law where if you have four grams of drugs, it's no longer a, a, a felony. It's, it's now just either a petty crime or a misdemeanor. And, and so what we've really done is we've created a, a, a culture in the state in some places where people just don't really obey the rule of law anymore. We've got to get focused on that. We've got to give police the tools to do what they need to do to protect our neighborhoods. The third thing is to make sure that we give families the, the ability to control the education of their kids. And, and we kind of think about that as well. You know, gosh, you go to parent-teacher conferences and everything. No, often our teachers are the, the best partners for what our kids need to do, but every system is not the best system. So we probably need to make sure that that what we can do is make sure money follows kids, not just goes to the systems. How do parents have the control of their kids' education that they need? Now, Hugh, uh, when it comes to criminal justice stuff, that hits a little close to home for me, having spent as much time as I have swimming around in that stuff. And you are right. The legislature over the last however many years has become the most offender-friendly legislature in terms of their product that I've ever seen. But the question I think all Coloradans want to know and very few officials have answered so far is, when's the last time you spoke to Kim Kardashian? So Kim and I are not on a first-name basis. I know that's a shocker. What is more of a shocker to me is that a governor who inserts himself in the legislative process, I'm pretty used to. I've seen that for four years. And the first floor calling people, especially Democrats, downstairs to say, this is what we're going to do. I haven't seen until recently the same governor not understand that we have three co-equal branches of government and that the judiciary has a job to do that's not his job. And so it's kind of surprising to me that, that Governor Polis seems to think that he's now a judge. Now, he appoints judges. I get that. But he is not actually a judge. He doesn't get to, to just commute a sentence that has literally only just been handed down, but not just that, to truncate the process of going back and, and analyzing that and taking a look at what the court could do. Instead, he inserted himself in that process. Hugh, I have a, a question about, you know, these priorities that you outlined uh, seem very similar to what the Democrats uh, just did a couple days ago. Uh, it seems like they cut and pasted a lot of the, the conservative, the Republican ideas. What were your thoughts on that? And do you think they'll actually follow through with uh, tackling these issues? Well, you know, I, I saw this, this comment afterwards. It felt like somebody had copied off my homework, right? Because in August, we rolled out this commitment to Colorado, and it, it wasn't a fly-by-night kind of thing. It was after talking to people around the state and talking to parents to say, you know, what is it that we can do to help? And so we've been talking about this and putting this together, and we had a big press conference that all the Democrats just just eviscerated because they're like, oh, you know, you guys are out of touch. You don't know what's going on. You had your press conference at the gas station. Believe it or not, then I show up at the west steps of the Capitol, and they're having the same press conference, but now it's all their ideas. And, and, and the problem is what it shows is that after three years of being in charge, they're telling the truth for once that they have not done their job, that what they really have done is leave families hanging and make Colorado less affordable. They they're have done terrible things to crime prevention and, and, and enforcing our laws. And three, they've 
they've really robbed parents of a lot of those choices and 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 teachers from the ability to help the kids in their classroom. Hugh, I uh, had a one house in our neighborhood that's that house that during Christmas goes all out. Do you know what I mean? Like the dad is out there consecutive weekends putting up a trillion lights. It looks fantastic. Everybody comes by to see it. Neighbor next door posted a single sign with red lights around it that had an arrow pointing to his house that said ditto. That's what I feel like the Democrats have done here is they've just been they're wearing a T-shirt that has an arrow that says I'm with conservative. You know what I mean? Like they have they have run out of ideas that actually sell with Coloradans. And now they're frantic to be like, well, if we're not that different from them, maybe people will forget what we've done to the state. Well, and, you know, I'm standing there, like I said, out on the west steps of the Capitol and they've got these fancy banners that they've made. And after after they all walk back up the steps into the building, somebody asked me what I thought. And I turned around and I said, they've given you a checklist of the things that they can't do and haven't done. The checklist is exactly what we were talking about. But after three years, why do we think suddenly they have these ideas? And the governor, because, you know, we had that whole discussion last year about gas taxes and gas fees. And lo and behold, he called this thing by its right name. Right. So so. The other day, he said, oh, yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to push that increase in the gas tax off a few years. Well, first of all, it, it's hard to, to realize that they now are calling the fee that they call the fee a tax, which it was. But also, you're not just pushing it off. All you're doing is make Colorado less affordable five years from now after you get done with your next term as governor, if, if, uh, if the voters so say. But that's the problem. That's a checklist of the things that they, don't, they haven't focused on. Listen, uh, you're about to kick off day one of what I think we all hope and pray is the historic 120 consecutive day session and not some other version of that that stretches on into the summer. Assistant Minority Leader Hugh McKean from Area 51. I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. Thank you for joining us, man. Good luck out there today. Well, thank you very much. The next time we talk, you might as well just call me speaker. Boom. Oh, I love that. Hopefully we'll talk before then, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. That was uh, that was Assistant Minority Leader Hugh McKean on the kickoff day, really, for a 120-day dead sprint. The thing I didn't ask him about, but you and I know, is that every legislator is entitled to carry at least five, five bills. But I talked to Jim Smallwood yesterday, a state senator from Parker, and he said, yeah, we're running normally about 650 to 700 bills a year. Are there that many laws we need? What the heck? Yeah, I mean, you think about it, each get five, you think that would be enough, but they have a lot of times they have these late bills, and the late bills are, are sometimes the most dangerous because they're coming up with ideas, you know, with a couple days left to session, they're ramming stuff through, they haven't read it, they're going through committees, and so, um, yeah, you kind of get that first batch, you know, that everybody puts in their five to start out with, but you could have ones later in the year, uh, and some of them end up being the most destructive. And lately, too, what we've seen is a mad dash on some criminal justice-related issues. You remember after uh, the George Floyd social justice protests slash riots, whatever you want to call them, the Senate really pushed forward a bill that kind of upended the way we did law enforcement to some extent and created personal liability for police officers. And all that was jammed through in like a matter of 15 seconds. I mean, it was a little bit longer than that, but not a lot longer than that. And then last year, we saw Senator Pete Lee from down in the Springs area uh, launch a bill at the beginning part of the session that was, hey, let's just not arrest people for a whole bunch of crimes. And when they fail to appear, let's make it so that they have to fail to appear four times before they get held in custody. That thing got so maligned and so poisonous that they withdrew the bill. I think they PI'd it. And then uh, they came back with a new bill. 
that was virtually the same thing. They just changed the number. This is the approach that they take. And you're right to probably be more scared at day 110 than we will be at 10. Yeah, but I, I think also seeing what bills do come out, because I think you will have that contrast between people who want even more uh, reform uh, that I think hasn't worked and you think hasn't worked on the on the criminal justice side. Um, and then other people, you know, Polis came out and said, we're going to be tough on crime this uh, this session. And so, you know, you can go and stand up and do a press conference and talk about issues. The rubber hits the road when the bills are actually introduced and are they passed or not. And so we'll see. But I think the interesting thing, you know, I've watched 11 sessions now and I've never seen uh, Republicans or conservatives come out with an agenda like this, have bills behind it, have a plan. Uh, And so it'll be interesting to see how much that cuts through and how much it impacts that overall discussion. I think it's going to make it harder for the other side to do crazy with impunity, which is what they've done in the past, because in a campaign season, as you know, a lot of news gets out there, not just through the mainstream media. When you talk about the polls saying they're going to be tough on crime, remember, that's what's grown out of the Kim Kardashian led clemency for the truck driver who set four people on fire by crushing them and burning six others. Uh, that has resulted in legislators saying we need to do away with mandatory sentences and mandatory consecutive sentences. I don't know how anybody defines tough on crime, but making violent crime probation eligible or punishable at a lower level doesn't feel awfully tough on crime. Yeah. And I think, you know, the crime study that you were a part of, uh, is going to be important. I think uh, probably next episode that we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, I think another thing that, that Leader McKean brought up that is really important is this talk about uh, Senate Bill 260 and the gas tax and what might happen with litigation that we might bring coming right. up. And so I think these will be topics that aren't going to go away anytime soon. Uh, and we hope to, to inform our, our listeners about how important these issues are to their lives. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, uh, go to your local podcasting platform. The one that I use is Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the millions of others out there. Download it, subscribe to it, share it with your listener base, with your friends, with your family, and let's get this thing going. Well, listen, uh, thank you for another great session. Thank you to Assistant Minority Leader Hugh McKean. And uh, we'll be back with you next week or maybe even before then. Let's see what happens. There's the state of the state. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, it's tomorrow. That is tomorrow. Uh, By the time you're listening to this, it may have been yesterday. But um, we're definitely going to talk about that as well when we come back. Until that time, I'm George Brockler. That's Michael Fields. And this has been Advanced Colorado Rundown. We'll talk with you next time. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancecolorado.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.